Well, uh, good evening. You are listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. We are dealing with some seriously rough weather here in the good city of Ann Arbor and throughout the state of Michigan. So my advice to you is if you don't have to be somewhere, i.e. unless it's an emergency, stay home because this is really bad snow. You know, as a cab driver, I noticed over the years that when it was 30 degrees, that was when the snow was the slipperiest and the most dangerous in terms of a quality of physics called ridulation, in which snow melts down, turns into slush, then it freezes back up. So it is very slow going, and Ann Arbor, of course, got more snow than they were predicting. And that does happen uh, from time to time. So don't be alarmed. It's kind of strange because the leaves have barely fallen uh, here in southeast Michigan because we had such a warm October. Um, I guess maybe uh, sticking with a weather note for a couple of minutes here. And uh, Jim may get here, may not. Uh, Like I say, the roads are terrible and the traffic is... Just absolutely uh, plodding along at a crawl. Uh, But I had a couple of uh, recent um, environmental things that I figured I'd maybe uh, get to right off the bat. They've had, of course, wildfires, severe wildfires in Australia over the past week. And I noticed that the President Trump didn't... uh, didn't call up the Prime Minister of Australia and urge him to sweep the forests. Of course, the actual fires out in California were not forest fires per se. They were more like chaparral and (coughs) grass fires. But uh, Australia is having terrible wildfires right now due to climate change. It's exceedingly warm and windy out there, very similar to California. Of course, it's summertime down in the land down under. So uh, one wonders why Donald Trump didn't call up Prime Minister Morrison and tell him to sweep the forests. But then uh, he's a conservative and Donald Trump likes to play politics with everything. Uh, as for recent uh, <clears throat> developments in the scientific research of climate change, uh, here's an interesting item. I'm going to read a couple of these. Uh, in the fall, in the spring, of course, we had some of the worst flooding in the United States in quite some time. That's had a big impact on agricultural production this year. Of course, the other factor is the ongoing tariffs with China. I think for about the 50th time, we've heard that a trade deal is near. And then as soon as that announcement is made, Trump has to come out and say, oh, no, China needs a trade deal more than we do. I'm not going to make a deal with them. Well, in March, NOAA, the... um, National Oceanic Atmospheric Administration 
uh, announced that uh, we had had um, the worst flooding than anything we've seen in recent years, noting that two-thirds of the lower 48 states will have elevated risk from flooding from now until May, and 25 states could experience major or moderate flooding. This was a report issued in the middle of March that would affect 13 million people, and indeed it did. Yeah, I'll just chime in here, arriving a little late. Uh, moderate flooding is still very costly. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a huge toll on people's uh, homes, possessions, uh, the insurance industry. It's Even moderate flooding is devastatingly expensive. Well, devastatingly expensive, and, and of course the reason is is that farmers can't get out there and get the seeds in the ground until the ground is sufficiently dry, and obviously they can't do anything if there's four feet of water uh, or more, and uh, we've seen very, um, of course the Mississippi floods all the time, but this of course is related to increased precipitation. Uh, and also rapid warming in the spring. See if the uh, snow melt is gradual and sort of uh, staggered over time, the flooding tends not to be quite as bad. Here's another item about the human footprint, fingerprint on drought as the uh, earth warms. Now, you say drought. Well, there are areas of the world that are in drought as well. Of course, there always are. Uh, but this year, there seem to be more areas than normal. What's interesting here is the scientists uh, noted that there were three, and this is what I like, the history of uh, climate change. Scientists, this is from an article by John Schwartz, dated the 2nd of May. Scientists have found uh, from their results that there were three broad phases between 1900 and the 21st century of climate change. A warming period in the first half of the century showed significant signal of human-caused climate change. From 1950 until 1975, however, there was a mid-century decrease in drought and a muddying of the signal that scientists suggest was caused by aerosol emissions of pollutants like oxides and sulfur that contributed to smog, and that could block some of the sunlight from reaching the earth and affect weather, weather patterns. I would add to that, by the way, my theory about why there was some cooling during that period was leaded gas. Um, huh. If you've ever seen the pictures of Los Angeles at night, or even during the day, there was terrible smog in Los Angeles in the 60s and 70s from, I believe, leaded gas. Once we switched over to unleaded, uh, it seems to me that the air did improve. Uh, environmental consciousness, of course, was a big part of it. Let's remember that the Clean Air Act and the Clean Water Act and the Endangered Species Act and a lot of these things have really not been around that long. Uh, Earth Day, I think the first year of that was 1970. 
So environmental consciousness became a big part of American history following the Cuyahoga River catching on fire and a massive oil spill uh, off the uh, in the Pacific Ocean off Santa Barbara. Uh, this, of course, is why we have bans on oil drilling uh, near our coastal areas. And it's quite alarming to hear uh, that the Trump administration wants to open these areas up for more oil drilling. No. <laughs> Don't do it. Gee, you'd think as a Florida resident, he would be uh, aware of and sensitive to the concerns of people who live in these regions who do not want them ruined forever with the toxic sludge. And how interesting, by the way, to just uh, note that in Great Britain a couple of weeks ago, they announced a ban on fracking uh, due to earthquakes that have been occurring. Uh, the methodology involved with the fracking technology creates these fissures and fractures in the earth, Earth's crust. And this is another, um, shall we say, byproduct of the fracking um, technology. In theory, the good side is that the United States is more self-sufficient when it comes to energy. The bad side takes a lot of water. A lot pollutes of, a lot of water. Pollutes a lot of water. It creates these earthquake zones. Uh, Oklahoma has had lots of earthquakes suddenly in the last decade. And, of course, just a week ago, we saw that the Keystone Pipeline sprung a leak. Uh, that, by the way, is the Keystone Pipeline north of where they're building uh, the, the, the proposed Trump Keystone XL Pipeline that's still uh, being sorted out in federal court. It should be branded with his name on it and everything. Yes, it should. And, of course, a couple of weeks ago he made a trip to Pittsburgh and promoted his... Um, well, that was sort of a pro-fracking rally. A pro-fracking uh, rally. That I believe, yeah. I, I think I'm remembering this correctly, that was ostensibly an official presidential visit that transmogrified itself through the force of his... Carney Barker personality into yet another campaign stop, like oh, a yeah. campaign rally, rather well, than an appearance by the president. And he's been campaigning nonstop. Uh, it's interesting to note, by the way, that he filed his reelection papers uh, the very day he was inaugurated. I think that's an unprecedented event in American history. Most presidents have the good grace to wait at least a couple of years to actually determine whether or not they want to run for re-election. But then on the other hand, when it comes to Trump, I think we can safely say that his motivation is this sort of immunity that he thinks he Enjoys, has yeah. about everything. Yeah, You can't charge the president with a crime. Um, of course, over the past week, in probably one of the most despicable examples of Donald Trump's crass, craven uh, behavior was the fact that he got caught diverting money 
from a rally that he had back in 2016 for veterans. You may recall this. He announced a charitable fund established uh, and raising money uh, allegedly for veterans. For veterans, and what, what you know the the story behind it was that he. He didn't want to participate in some debate right before the Iowa caucuses. Uh-huh. I believe, by the way, that that was even a Fox-sponsored event. But then, of course, he brags that he's going to have a uh, fundraising um, event for veterans. Yeah, I'll do this noble thing. I don't have time for that farce over there. Uh, what I'm going to do is noble. So then he... Has the event and uh, supposedly raised two point eight million dollars. He then took two million of it and diverted the money to the Trump Organization to pay off legal bills from Mar-a-Lago, uh, Trump University, and all sorts of other and travel expenses as well. Bizarre things. So he diverts the money. Then he, in in one of the more bizarre things, and by the way, this was all reported back in 2016 by David Farenthold of the Washington Post. He takes $10,000 of it to buy a portrait of himself that he then puts on the wall at Mar-a-Lago. Is there any evidence that any of that money ever went to even a single veteran? Unless maybe the guy who painted the portrait was a veteran. So the lawsuit in New York that apparently uh, the state judge ordered Donald Trump to pay $2 million in damages noted that the foundation was engaged in a, quote, shocking pattern of illegality. It was forced to shut. It's interesting to note that uh, uh, both sides in this uh, legal settlement agreed that the three children of Donald Trump uh, who were officers in the foundation, Donald Jr., Ivanka, and Eric, will undergo training in order to ensure that they do not engage in similar experiences. Sensitivity training. Oh, this might be illegal or inappropriate to take money from our charity and to put it into our private expense accounts. Indeed. So wouldn't it be charming just to sit in <laughs> on one of those training sessions? Uh, of course, Trump had his usual responses uh, to this uh, settlement, attacked the uh, judge, and here's the statement. says the Trump Foundation, uh, a spokesman, attacked the original lawsuit as, quote, politically motivated. All three of the New York attorney generals who worked on the case were Democrats. The foundation also portrayed the damage uh, damages awarded by Judge Scarpula as a contribution, adding that it was pleased to donate an additional $2 million to worthy organizations. And, of course, there's a list of the... <laughs> that was money that was supposed to have been donated in the first place. Well, it was originally <laughs> supposed to go right. to veterans. And, of course, you know, there's uh, the, the soft spot that Americans have for the concerns of veterans, and today is Veterans Day. So well, he actually had the nerve to uh, push himself to the front of the line and say, I want to appear at and speak before the New York uh, Veterans Day Parade. Sure. And you know, I, personally, I had mixed feelings about 
the extent to which this must really frustrate and anger, uh, I think, a number of veterans to, you know, remember this story from last week about the bogus charity and the, oh, I want to be there for our vets uh, this week. Uh, I kind of had hoped that maybe there'd be some, you know, degree of protest, but I think, you know, cooler heads prevail and don't make this about clown pants. It's Veterans Day. It should, you, you know, just forget about it for the day. Right. Honor the vets, have the parade. But I wonder what kind of political support he'll enjoy going forward from the veteran community. Well, he shouldn't enjoy much support at all, but of course... You wouldn't think. Uh, they will come out and claim that Donald Trump has done more for veterans than any president in American history. Trump, of course, on Thursday himself responded uh, to the uh, <clears throat> judge's order that this uh, was caused by political hacks in New York State. And uh, Trump's statement on Twitter claimed that the foundation had given 100% of the funds to great charities and that he had suffered four years of politically motivated harassment. Well, first of all, these shenanigans happened in 2016, so he's a little off on his math. But then why worry about math when you can misstate job numbers, reconfigure job numbers by half a million? Sure. And why worry about having to pay out $2 million when uh, your son has announced, you know, previously to the golf world that, oh, we've got plenty of money coming in from Russia. So, yeah, Putin will refill the $2 million, No problem. Well, those oligarchs, I'm sure, will. They got and lots of money to launder. Of course, uh, later in the week, we're going to get the public uh, hearings into the so-called impeachment inquiry. But I'm finding it somewhat strange watching Trump attack some of these witnesses uh, with either patriotic appeals or claims, I don't know that person. <laughs> like, well, what's that got to do with the testimony that they're rendering? Or the signs that people are holding up at uh, Trump rallies that say, read the transcript. Well, first of all, the quote-unquote transcript of the phone call that we've received and most, you know, people who read newspapers have read is not actually a transcript. It's a summary. Um, but if you read it, the, the language is quite clear. The tone is self-evident. There's all sorts of uh, linguistic clues and, and hints that this is a big-time shakedown operation, and anybody who says otherwise is willfully misrepresenting the facts, including, I would add, uh, her re-emergence uh, from the silent, used-to-be part of this crazy dumpster fire operation, Nikki Haley. Uh, has emerged with a book. Um, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Nikki Huey is what she might want to consider changing her name to because she refuses to condemn the president for this attempt to extort and shake down uh, the Ukraine over uh, promised and congressionally approved uh, m funding for, for military support. Uh, by saying, oh, you know, quid pro quos, they, they, they happen all the time in foreign policy. And 
And uh, you can't impeach a president for for that phone call. What? Yeah, it may a, have been inappropriate, but not impeachable. Yeah, but yeah. that's a bogus distinction because, sure, the United States uses a quid pro quo as a matter of foreign policy for national security reasons all the time. If you want to receive aid from us, you have to adhere to these guidelines. Sure, that's a this for that. Uh, but to do so for, hey, you know, we, we'd love to send you this money, but you have to do this thing for me for personal gain or personal benefit. That's where it's not about the national security of the United States anymore. It's about fluffing up Donnington Abbey. Yeah. So uh, Nikki Huey is just way off. And her attempt to throw John Kelly and Rex Tillerson under the bus is... Well, several months too late, among other things. But well, it's, uh, and it's hardly news. I mean, right? <laughs> I mean, that's why were... Kelly and Tillerson are gone because <laughs> they kept trying to tell this guy, "You can't do that. You can't do this." I would even suggest, by the way, that that Trump is in this Ukrainian uh, pickle, so to speak. And boy, do they like pickles in the Ukraine. Uh, because Kelly was was resigned mm -hmm. in, in December. Uh, so did Mattis, of course. Uh, I don't think that either one of them, who are both generals, by the way, part of Trump's general general uh, cabinet that he had for a while, the generals are all gone. Instead, we have bootlickers like Mulvaney, uh, who's not going to stand up to Donald Trump. But if you look at the sort of the beginning of this Ukrainian, these Ukrainian shenanigans with Giuliani, they essentially started in January mm -hmm. and they began uh, when it was started to be speculated that Joe Biden might get into the race. Donald Trump didn't care about corruption uh, in the Ukraine or anywhere or anywhere. I mean, he's oh, well, that's he's business. soaking in it. He's soaking in it. His family is soaking in it. He even went to the absurd length a couple of weeks ago of calling the the emoluments clause, the so-called emoluments clause, when it's in the U.S. Constitution, not once, but twice. Not just in the art Article 1, but Article 2, which covers Donald himself. Might be nice if he'd read the Constitution for once in his life. Uh Kelly probably saved Trump from all kinds of disasters. Tillerson, of course, and Trump were, were certainly at odds at times over their public pronouncements of foreign policy. Mm -hmm. But it struck me that it was Trump who was usually off the reservation, not Tillerson. Tillerson was just stating what he thought was American foreign policy. And by the way, these diplomats and these civil servants that are going to be appearing in public are not part of never Trumpers. This is another blatant lie. Um, I suspect that most of them are either not registered to a particular party or are even maybe conservative, mm -hmm. uh, maybe even Republicans. For all we know, it doesn't matter. They take oaths to uphold the United States Constitution. Well, and, and but Trump's most got of them have served loyalty, loyalty. Yeah, most of them have served both Republican and Democratic sure. presidents. They've got careers that span that long.
And that's what civil servants are. Indeed. And and the idea, I mean, yes, there are political appointees like Sondland. And, of course, Sondland changed his testimony last Ooh. week. <laughs> Maybe I do remember something. Because, well, quite obviously he was not telling the truth before that. Let's remember, by the way, that um, this this phrase quid pro quo that Sondland has in one of his emails, that strikes me as an obvious talking point that the White House came up with quite some time ago. Trump, of course, has been accused of shenanigans involving bribery before. Oh, who can forget Stormy Daniels? Uh, Playboy model McDougal. <laughs> Payoffs of, are part of his modus operandi. Um, so, of course, he's susceptible to bribery, um, impeachment allegations and justifications because... In a kind of a funny sort of way, I almost wish that they would simply impeach Trump on bribery and the Russian stuff and save the Ukrainian stuff for a second impeachment. Well, you can use that to impeach uh, Mike Pompeo, Mike Pence, and possibly Bill Barr. Yeah, William Barr, uh, a man who seems to have found a groundhog hall recently. And seen much of him. Well, uh, there was a story last week that he had been uh, asked by Trump to, you should get out there in front of this impeachment yeah. inquiry and Exonerate say, me. say I haven't done anything <laughs> wrong. It's like, well, um, goodbye now. I'm <laughs> under this log. I can't, I can't quite do that. I'm, I'm hiding from the media. I don't want to. <laughs> Come on, Bill Barr. What's to be afraid of? People die all the time. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yes, what we have here is a failure to exonerate. <laughs> Yet again. <laughs> uh, yeah, Barr, uh, well, there are various reports about <laughs> Bill Barr's position on the fact that he's mentioned um, five or six times in the infamous phone call. Uh, I d unfortunately don't have my transcript with me. I just unfortunately noticed, but... Barr and Giuliani are frequently mentioned mm -hmm. in tandem in the infamous phone call. Trump keeps asserting, read the transcript, and then he's modified that to transcripts now. Um, yeah, we would kind of like to see the uh, unedited transcript. Uh, there's other transcripts I want to see. I want to see phone calls with Putin. I'd like to see phone calls with the crown prince. Erdogan uh, of uh, Saudi Arabia, <laughs> Erdogan of Turkey. Um, I, I'm sure. And, and, you know, again, as I think I said last week or the week before, this Ukrainian thing is not a one off. It's emblematic of standard operating procedures for this pack of. Whatever you want to fill in the blank. <laughs> right. uh, it's it's not a one off. Uh, in, in fact, the timing of it all. The day after um, Mueller testified uh, in support of his uh, lengthy, if uh, not all that pleasurable to read, report, um, it was like, well, okay, that, well, that one's over with, so back to it, boys. Let's, hey, dial me up the phone. Yeah, I, I need to get to work on the 2020 election. Yeah. I've been concocted, and Giuliani, of course, is part of this, uh, this crew of, of deception. The Ukrainian mythology is part of the whole 
Um, Paul Manafort. The story goes back to Manafort, which wackadoodleness leads you to believe that this is just yet another Russian operation. That Nancy Pelosi's right. All roads lead to Putin with Trump. Yeah, uh, it's very clear that he owes him large in some way, shape, or form. Uh, whether it's information that Putin has, whether it's money that Trump has, uh, it's just, and this must really rankle the um, the the officials and the public servants who work in the State Department and the Pentagon, and and you know these people who are coming out to testify. They're not the kind of people who like the public light. You know, they're they're apparatchiks, they're functionaries, they're intellectuals, they're processors of data and information. Um, they're desk people. Uh, they're not, you know, oh, I'm out here to, I want to become a celebrity. No, that's the last thing they want. Uh, but they're so appalled and sickened and uh, horrified by what they're seeing happen around them that they are compelled to step forward. Indeed. Just to remind you, you are listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Shows uh, Gray Matters. With Jim and Dick, uh, Yazoo City Calling will be coming up shortly on this fine station. And, of course, some of the rhetoric and some of the terminology is starting to get quite colorful. Drug deals. <laughs> Hand grenades. <laughs> Serviceable. You know, it's it's pretty amazing. Deliverable. Uh, you know, John Adams was once described as being a president who was very serviceable to the British Empire's interests. Well, one wonders about Donald Trump and the Russian interests of Vladimir Putin. Um, and, of course, these oligarchs, the interesting connections between uh, Lev and, and Giuliani.